Hello, everybody. Welcome to today's show. I'm your host, Zach Drew. You may notice that the set actually looks a little bit different. Um, there will be more changes made here in the next few weeks. So as we go through a couple of the shots, if you see some just different things in the background or it seems a little bare, we're doing a little bit of set redesign over this next month. Uh, we are formatting the program so that uh, it'll be just myself hosting the program from this point forward. That actually brings me to an update. This show is going to be a little different today because we have about half of the show is going to be an update with uh, Josh Peck and myself on where he is going and what to expect from him in the future. And on the second half of today's program, the last 13, 14 minutes, I'll be getting into some really interesting material. You can expect and even anticipate planes to continue falling from the sky with the new mandate the federal government has placed on the FAA. You'll find it almost, if it wasn't so serious, it'd be comical. But before we get into today's program, let's take a look at this quick update between Josh Peck and myself. Hello everyone, I'm Zach Drew. And I am Josh Peck. Josh has a big announcement to make. Uh, we wanted to, uh, we're actually, this is gonna be a standalone video for all of our social media, mm -hmm. and we're gonna be playing it in this Friday show. Yes. So we, I, we've we actually rearranged the set. We were gonna do this last week, but then I got, and my and Jed, my son, got influenza A, so mm -hmm. we got all sidetracked. So we're doing a little update together at the desk. This is the last time you're gonna see Mr. Josh Peck behind, he might be Skyping in, <laughs> But last time um, in the physical studio, you're taking off. Yes, I am. So uh, for everybody out there, I got a, a job offer from Prophecy Watchers. And uh, the biggest thing that we wanted everybody to know is that there's no falling out or anything here. Like Zach and I are still best no, friends. No. Like it, it's nothing like that. It is one of those God things. And when God calls, you just have to be obedient. Um, and, you know, there, there there's... Uh, there's lots of other reasons. Me and uh, Prophecy Watchers have a long history. I mean, it's a it's a chance to work with the legendary Gary Stearman, mm -hmm. um, and I mean he he's been huge in my personal walk because he was one of the first people that I ever found that had anything to do with I don't know what we would call it fringe Christianity. You know, yeah, Christ yeah. yeah, Christianity that doesn't mind talking about you know what about aliens? What about uh, you know are ghosts real? Are they just demons? Like that that kind of stuff because a lot of churches don't talk about that. And, and what what is your what is going to be your position at Prophecy Watchers? Well, I don't know what the official job title is, but it's going to be more uh, creative projects. Okay. So I'll be mostly handling uh, like DVDs, uh, like like really more creative stuff. They already have video editors for their TV programs, so I'm not going to be needed for that. Uh, and for for those of you who have been following my ministry forever, you know that uh, I've always had a huge passion for that kind of stuff. You know, writing books, making movies, um, anything creative. I just absolutely love. I can do a lot, but where my passion lies is is in that. But but again, I, I didn't make this decision lightly at mm -hmm. all. I told well, you told me uh, you told me probably. Gosh, what is it? It's in middle February, mm -hmm. probably two months ago mm -hmm. that there was an offer on the table, and and I said, Josh, I said honestly. I, you know, a lot of times when people come to work for ministries, uh, well, the fact is that a lot of ministries feel like they own that person. Yeah. I mean, that's just the fact of the matter. And and I told Josh, I said, Josh, I said, if, if 
I said, you need to pray about it. And mm-hmm. I said, if God says you need to do it, you know, you, you need to do it. And, and you need, you know, first and foremost, you need to, you know, financial security with your family and this and that. If, you know, that's important. And yeah. it's the best decision for you, for your family. Prophecy Watch is a big ministry, yeah. right? You know, so, <laughs> and, um, and you prayed about it and you let me know, hey, in, in the new year, uh, I'll be taking off. So we've been working behind the scenes, figuring out what we're going to do behind the scenes. Actually, Andrew Bellers, the old previous co-host who uh, is on the board of directors, uh, he said he's actually going to be editing the programs. Yeah. Remote from Michigan. Yeah. So it's kind of, it just, the Lord works in mysterious ways. And it's definitely a God thing all around. I mean, you know, you haven't, and I love your transparency. You have not made it a secret to, uh, you know, your audience that donations were down a little bit. And, it, you know, it's, it's not like you can't afford what's going on or anything, but um, being able to have somebody remotely handle it and then uh, you handling things here will take off a lot of that financial burden uh, that you're dealing with now, which will allow you to do more ministry efforts no, as that's well. That's true. This this last year was uh, was an incredibly difficult year uh, financially for us, and 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 it's going to be moving forward too. And sure. I and I'm hoping that a lot of people, um, you know, every I don't want to like. Well, I'll go ahead and say it. It's in my brain, so I'm going to say it. Every time I get an email that says so and so, you know, has decided to cancel their recurring, I'm like, I'm like, oh no, like. I, you know, I, I, I internally, oh, what did, what did we do wrong? What did I do wrong? You know, but we, we need people to stay with us. Yeah. Um, this is going to be an incredibly pivotal year with the, over this next 12 months, I don't mean like it's happening in the world. I'm talking about this specific ministry, you know, the direction we decided to take at the end of this year. Um, this is a pivotal year. Yeah. And, um, and we need people to get involved. We do. Uh, but Josh, I, I'll tell you what, I, I loved having you here. Um, you know, you were a great asset. And, and I know we're not going to dive into it, but I know that, uh, you know, I don't want to dive into it. But, you know, we go through a lot in life. Sure. And and I know that your wife and you have told me that this was almost like, almost like a sabbatical for yes. you guys. To where it was like the Lord was able to re-energize you and refocus you during these last six months here. Yes. and. And and I don't I don't mind talking about that at all. Um, but yeah, it's coming here. We can we can, and it it's really funny because when Christina and I and the kids first moved here, um, we thought this was about the house. But we we kept getting and Christina gets these these feelings from God stronger than I do. It's only happened a handful of times in her life. She's not one of these people that are you know every time you see her, oh I got a word of prophecy for you. Not that I don't believe in that sure, prophecy. Yeah. Prophecy is alive today, but it, it it is also something that gets abused. That's true. <laughs> but a handful of times this has happened, and she's been right. But when uh, when we were um, moving into the house, we both got the feeling that this is temporary, and I, we didn't know it was the, the the whole thing. We thought it was just the house. Mm-hmm. We we like Christina was like even holding back from unpacking a lot of stuff, and so was mm-hmm. I because we were thinking I think we're going to find another house pretty soon. Mm-hmm. Um, because for for those who don't know, like I was actually in Zach's house. He uh, our our uh, the house that we're living in now. We ended up buying it uh, from Zach, but mm-hmm. before that, uh, we were we were just staying there. He was allowing us to live there rent free, very generously, and. Um, and so we ended up buying the house, but it still it just still felt temporary. We'll come to find out it wasn't only the house. Yeah. It was the whole thing. But no, you're right. This this time has been and, and I think it's just because, you know, 
this is a smaller ministry. There's not as many moving parts. There's mm-hmm. not, uh, you know, the, the but I, and I, I love the job. I love um, coming to work, you know, uh, but there's, there's, because there's not as much to really have to handle, there's, there's a little bit more freedom. So Christina and I have really been able to reconnect in, in ways that, you know, just as a married couple, we really needed. And, uh, and I was, I've been able to spend more time with the kids and it's, it's really been almost like a vacation. And I, I, I don't want to, I don't mean that it is, you know, obviously it is a job and, uh, we take that very seriously. Um, but in many ways, but I, but I recognize, yeah, I recognized when you got here mm-hmm. that you were on fumes. Yeah. I could tell. Mm-hmm. And um, and there's been times in my life where I'm on fumes. Yeah. And we need a place to to spiritually s- spend that time with God to to rejuvenate that that and to even to restore the joy of our salvation. Yes. And um and, and we need that in life. It's it's an important and it's important to recognize that and God will God will force us. Mm-hmm. To move to positions in life to recoup yeah. in his spirit. Oh, and especially for the guys out there, I'm sure every every man that's uh, watching can relate to that because I know for me to take a break, I, I mean, I, I I almost need a supernatural move from God to to do that because I, I will I will just run myself, uh, you, you know, into the ground until I got nothing left if I'm not made to take a break. Mm-hmm. And so, um, but it, I mean, when you think about it, it came at a perfect time. You know, you, you needed help. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we've always been friends. I mean, we've known each other for years and we've always been, been good friends and we've, we've worked on ministry projects together and stuff. So it's not like, it's not like either of us didn't know what we were getting ourselves into. And it's been a lot of fun. It's been great. Um, and it, it has been a time where uh, I know for me and for Christina and the kids, like we've all been able to kind of reset um, and I've just really enjoyed working here. You're one of the best bosses I've ever had in my life well, <laughs> uh, and friends, of course. And, um, so, it, but yeah, the main thing is I, I don't want anyone to think that there was anything weird behind the scenes, uh, with me and Zach. There, there's not at all. This was a total God thing. It was, it's, it's, it's God is moving us on to the next thing. And, uh, we're, we're just being obedient to God and, uh, and we're really looking forward to what that means. You know, and, uh, now that you're rejuvenated, you can hit the ground running. Cause what, how, how I've always operate here at the ministry mm-hmm. through whoever, whoever's working here um, at the time, I have been in a position in my life where I feel sick on Sunday nights knowing my work week is about ready to start again. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, I, and, and, and just so you know, everybody tries to figure it out. I'm not talking about my time with Jim Baker. I, that was a wonderful time. Mm-hmm. Um, but just I've had other jobs as well. Mm-hmm. And, and I've made it clear... And that's why you said it was like a, almost like a vacation because I say, listen, this is a nine to five job, mm-hmm. right? And we are serving the Lord. We are grinding during those hours to make, to do everything we need to do. We're going to be grinding, getting the job done. But when five o'clock comes, I want you to be husband. I want you to be dad. Yeah. And that was, and that's basically what I've told everybody that has worked for here. I don't want you, you're never going to get a call from me at 9 PM saying, you know, this is going on. Da, da, da. I want to be able to respect time because I am a family man. Yeah. And even moving forward, like with this, this ministry, God willing, that's how I always want to operate with anybody that comes in here. We serve the Lord. We are doing this as a mission under the Lord here at this ministry. 
while you are here. But when the clock strikes for you to go home, you, I don't want you taking that any stress with you. Yeah. And that's how I've always operated. And listen, and, and just to say this, um, I think that we'll probably be doing interviews with oh, sure. you know, each other in the future. And I thank you, Josh, for your time here. Is there anything else you want to say? Because I'm about to close this thing out. Oh, sure. Yeah. Well, just for uh, everybody at home, just thank you so much for welcoming yes, me absolutely. into your home and into your, your families, You know the, this ministry family here. Um, I've really enjoyed, I know it's only been a few months, but I've really enjoyed literally every moment that I've, I've been here. And I've enjoyed uh, being able to get to know a lot of you. Um, through not only through uh, videos, but also through the Paul Revere report and through even some personal emails that we've exchanged together. Uh, so I've really enjoyed my time. I really uh, love and appreciate all of you. And obviously, I pray the best for Zach and for IGBY and the Zach Drew Show. And you know, I'm, I'm always here anytime you need anything. Uh, and I pray for all of you as well. And I just ask that you keep me and my family in prayer. Uh, pray for my own wisdom as, as the leader of the household, that I make the right decisions for the family. And uh, just pray that everything works out and it's all in God's perfect timing. So thank you all. I really, really love you and appreciate you. Amen. And listen, I, want, I do, I, as you were saying that, there was a housekeeping thing. So all of the audience know this, that with Josh leaving, Andrew Bellinger is going to be editing the show. But everything else that is not editing... I'm actually picking up those responsibilities. Yeah. So um, there is something that's going to, unfortunately, just going to, it's going to have to end. And that is the Paul Revy Report. Um, I can't do all that I'm doing, all that I'm getting ready to do, and the Paul Revy Report. And so for all of you that are um, doing that, I'm just asking that you would continue just giving that $30 a, a month for that, just to sustain this ministry uh, during this time. And if you and if you don't want to do that, then, you know, by all means, you you know, have the absolute right to cancel um, that that $30 monthly donation to the ministry. Um, so I just wanted to give that update to you that the Paul Review Report, the last one going out will be March 1st. Correct. Okay? And uh, listen, a, and now I honestly, I just... I want everybody watching just to join with me in prayer for Josh and, and his family. Dear Lord Jesus, we just come before you right now, and we thank you for Josh. We thank you for Christina. We thank you for his family. We thank you for his heart, his passion for you, for his passion for the truth. Um, and I thank you for the creativity um, and the mind you've given him to be able to communicate effectively these hidden truths uh, throughout your word, Father. I pray that you would bless him, bless his wife. You would anoint them to even a greater degree to break the chains of bondage um, in other people's lives as you speak through them, Lord. Um, guide them, direct them. May there just be protection surrounding them. Um, in Jesus' name we pray, amen. amen. Josh. Thank, thank you, you for your time. Thank you. You've been amazing this whole time. I can't tell you how much I appreciate you. Oh, thank you, brother. All right. Well, that ends the update. And if you're watching the update, it's going to go to black. But if you're watching the show, let's get back to the show. We really do wish Josh Peck the absolute best um, in his new adventure. We appreciate him. We love him and his entire family and continue to pray for him as, as he moves forward. Um, and listen, and by the way, if you've ever thought about supporting us or um, you have in the past, but you stopped, we need your help right now. So please just go to ZachDrewShow.com and click that bright orange donate button and become a monthly partner. That is what we need. We need your help right now. So let's get into today's program. 
You may have seen the articles from a couple of weeks ago that the Federal Aviation Administration, the FFA, um, is reportedly taking diversity, equity, and inclusion, DEI, to a whole new level. Apparently, the federal government has ordered the FAA to prioritize hiring people with a wide range of disabilities. Yes, those who control and have decision-making uh, capabilities uh, with aircrafts that fly 50,000 feet in a metal tube traveling at hundreds of miles an hour. Now, with this, the, the range of disabilities is this. They have ordered the FFA to hire everybody uh, from severe, quote, severe intellectual disability. Uh, another one is psychiatric disability to paralysis uh, to complete paralysis and dwarfism. Take a listen to this video as I lay the foundation for today's program. The FAA claims individuals with targeted or s severe disabilities for the most underrepresented uh, segment of the federal workforce. <clears throat> Under its People with Disabilities program, the agency says it is actively recruiting, hire, and promote, retain, and develop, and advances people with disabilities. The following disabilities are targets for the FAA to hire. Those with hearing impairment, vision, missing extremities, partial paralysis, complete paralysis, ep epilepsy, severe intellectual disabilities, psychiatric disabilities, and dwarfism. Now, if I were born a little person, I think I would be a little upset that I was put in uh, the same categories of those with severe intellectual disabilities and psychiatric disability. Do you want somebody who's you know up in the tower or making any decisions on planes at all with a severe psychic or psychiatric disability or a severe intellectual disability? What is wrong with us? I'm going to go with no. I want the person who's most <laughs> qualified for the job, yeah. regardless yeah. of their skin color well, or or really any uh, immutable characteristic you can pull out. Eye color, not that important. I mean, the dwarfism thing, I guess it matters. How, you need to be able to see over the over the cockpit dashboard. I mean, I, that's about my requirement. Can you reach the pedals? Like, that is something that is important to me outside of that. What you're saying is you have to be at least this high to ride this ride. <laughs> yeah, is that what you're saying? Exactly. Uh, uh, you, know, you know, it's one thing to say, hey, we're, you know, we'll hire all body types or whatever. Severe intellectual disabilities. Why would we hire those people? All right. Honestly, seriously, if it wasn't so horrible, you would have to laugh at it. But, but I, I want to break this down, what, what we're seeing here. Once again, this is another example of wokeism. Now, what exactly is wokeness? Wokeness is the basic idea that if there is any sort of disparity between uh, group outcomes in American life, that group disparity is due to discrimination and racism. That's, that's, that is based, okay? The only corrective is, therefore, reverse discrimination 
or some form of discrimination that is going to equalize the outcomes of the various groups. One of those things is you must be an anti-racist. No, 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 I did not say you must not be racist, double negative, but you must not, you must, no, that's, you must not be racist. That's not the solution, but it's anti-racism. More on that in just a moment. Woke is a religious term. And I don't say that as old or kind of like a religion, that it is a religious term and liberalism and cultural Marxism, as opposed to Marxism, they're both you know, religious in nature, but I'm specifically talking about cultural Marxism because there's a different difference. It is a religion. This is birthed from the idea. So this whole thing about hiring people with disabilities, it, it, it comes from cult, know, cultural Marxism. Listen, just hear me out. This, this idea that America is inherently racist and that we must destroy the, the cultural hegemony, right? So those, those who have been labeled as the power holders in America, um, that, that's what it means. It, it is a form of identity politics that seeks to separate groups against the hegemonic powers that be, okay? So in the liberal mind, as way of review, in the liberal mind, you are the enemy, all right, you're the enemy if you are a part of this cultural hegemony. The example of the cultural hegemony in America outlined by them, not me, and a book that you need to read is by Vadi Bakum called Fault Lines. A lot of this is in that book as well. The enemy, you are the enemy in America if you are white, male, American, cisgendered, straight, able-bodied Christian. And Everybody who was not that, not those things, you are the minority according to them. Okay, so you're the minority according to them. And everyone who is not that, those seven, is a victim of the cultural hegemony established by those individuals. So that's why we're seeing, uh, you know, if you're uh, able, not able-bodied, that's what they're going after. If you're not able-bodied, you are oppressed by the powers that be. So therefore, anybody who is not fully able-bodied now must be promoted to positions that require a sane mind and an abled body. This article, it's like, well, that's, that's crazy. I'm breaking it down what's happening behind the scenes. Why in the world is the federal government mandating the FAA hires people with severe psychiatric history, with com completely paralyzed? What is going on? Because there are seven points that are the enemy in America. And one of those is if you, if you are able-bodied, it, it's crazy. You're, you're, you're in it. You, are, you contribute to the oppression of the rest of society. So we must promote this. And like, I don't know if we got to it in Glenn Beck's video or not, but he said in the video, listen, if this was an issue of, you know, hiring all body types, right, it'd be different. Or, 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 or if, if people of different colors have the same, um, they put in the same effort, they have the same background, basically they're as good as their counterpart, whether you're white or black, there, there would be something to say for making a more diverse group, right? You understand what I'm saying? This is not like that. This is saying someone that does not have the mental capabilities is now going to be having some form of decision-making in this process. How can that? It's so ridiculous. 
those the adherence to cultural Marxism, I believe, have truly been given to a depraved mind, which, which is a form of craziness them, them, itself. Cultural Marxism, though, has become a religion. Uh, a quote from Vadi Bakum um, on this new religion, he says this in his book, Fault Lines. At the epicenter of the coming evangelical catastrophe is a new religion, or more specifically, a new cult. While some may consider the term cult unnecessarily offensive, it happens to be the most accurate term available to describe the current state of affairs. So before I even get into that, I, want, I do want to make one more quick point. So put that, this article on the screen, and, and I want to get into this article maybe in a different show or a share show coming up because it really is going to be, it's important to break this down. But this explains, what I just said explains this article as well. Plan to reduce the number of white males in aviation. Matt Walsh reveals troubling internal footage of FAA discussion on DEI agenda. So there is a plan to reduce the number of white males in aviation. And once again, why is that? It is because the first one of those seven, white male, American cisgender, straight, able-bodied Christian, is white. So you are part of the problem. You are a part of the system that must be destroyed. Um, so yes, this is a religion. And the, the anti-racist movement in America, which is different than being not being a racist, it's has the, it's being an, a, an advocate and even a, um, an activist rather an activist, that it, it it describes action. You can't just be you can't just not be racist. You have to be doing something, and the anti-racist movement has many hallmarks of a cult, all right, including staying close enough to the Bible to avoid immediate detection and hiding the fact that it has a new theology and a new glossary of terms that diverge ever so slightly from Christian orthodoxy, all right, at least at first. In, in classic cult fashion, they borrow from the familiar and accepted, then what they do is they infuse it with new meaning. This allows the cult to appeal to the faithful within the dominant orthodox religions from which it draws its converts. So this new cult, this this new body of divinity, uh, and once again, I want to give a huge shout out to Vadi Bakum in his book because he goes through this. In this new religion of wokeness, in this new body of divinity, it comes with its own cosmology, which is critical theory and critical race theory. Its own original sin, which is racism. Its own law, which is anti-racism. Its own gospel, which is racial reconciliation. Its own martyrs, that of Saints Trevon, Mike, George, and Brianna. Its own priests, which are the oppressed minorities. Its own means of atonement, which is reparations. Its own new birth, which is wokeness. Its own liturgy, lament. Its own canon, CSJ social science. It has its own theologians, being that of D'Angelo, Ibram Kendi, uh, Brown, Crenshaw, Macintosh. This is systemic sin. At the heart of the woke movement lies the idea that sin of racism is no longer to be understood as an individual sin. Instead, the term now incorporates the idea of institutional structural racism and its implications. Hence, America has sinned, and certain Americans 
have inherited inherited that sin, whether they know it or not. So I want we had that a big you know the big update today with Josh, which was 14 minutes long. So I'm actually running out of time. So I want to say this: a lot of times, we as conservatives we get um, labeled as well. If something's going wrong, they just blame it on the Marxists, the cultural Marxists. But I want to. It's kind of like whenever I ask my kids a Bible question and they don't know the answer, they automatically say, uh, the answer, Jesus, Jesus, the answer is Jesus. And guess what? More often than not, that is the right answer, right? Not every time, but the, the more often than not, and I, and I remind you, you know, every time a conservative says, ah, oh, just Marxist, more often than not, that is exactly the right answer. So like these articles that I, that I, that I, that I talked about today about how, you know, plan to reduce the number of white males in aviation and how the FAA, the federal government has ordered the FAA to prioritize hiring people with a wide range of disabilities, severe intellectual disabilities, psychiatric disability, paralysis, dwarfism. The answer is cultural Marxism. And I'm trying to break that down for you today. And I'll end with this. This is red. I've got literally five more pages on this. And we'll, I think we'll do another show on this next week. Oh, this. Matthew 24, the words of Jesus. I truly believe Jesus is talking about a sign of the times. Now, I'm not saying definitively this is what the Lord was saying. I just, I'm looking at it, and this is what I think he's saying, and you tell me what you think. Whenever he says, you know, whenever the disciples ask him, uh, tell me the, what's the world going to be like? And you have those, those first eight verses of Matthew 24, really it's verses three through eight. And he, and he describes things in the world that, that are the beginning of sorrows or the birth pains. And one of the signs before he returns is nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And kingdom against kingdom truly is it's just country against country, kingdom against kingdom. But nation rising against nation. In, in the Strong's Concordance, that's 1484. And that word for nation is ethnos, which is where we get our word ethnic group, ethnic from, ethnic group rising against ethnic group. And even, even broader, it's, it's just people practicing similar practices or having a common culture. And so he's saying, it's like Jesus is saying, it's not just in the times, a marker is not just going to be country rising against country in war, but it's going to be every little faction of people that have any similarities and practices and, and any kind of culture and being eth, eth, parts of different ethnic groups are just rising against everybody else. It's like he's describing cultural Marxism of this, of, of class warfare, of everybody being pitted against everyone else. It is a sign of the times, but it is not what is to take place within the church. Jesus praying to his father, God the father, his prayer was, God, I pray that they are one as we are one, referring to the body of Christ. It is a sign, I believe, class warfare. These categories and subcategories and subcategories of people being pitted against each other is a sign of the times. But God, Jesus, prayed to God that the church would be one as they are one. And I believe that that is going to take place as well. So as the world grows darker, I believe the body of Christ is going 
to become more and more unified in these dark days ahead. We are out of time. I love you guys. Stay in your word. That is the most important thing, to stay in your word. Stay close to Jesus. And I'll end with this. Please become a partner of the ministry. Once again, we need your help. We'll see you next week.